0: What about funeral planning?
1: I definitely want that time for the people around me to be a time of celebration. I want them to listen to all my favorite music.
0: What's on the playlist?
1: I'm not embarrassed, so I'll say it. The playlist should be just like a whole like West Coast hip-hop only playlist.
0: Okay. What's embarrassing about that?
1: I feel like people who are not from California be like, turn that shit off. i just like
0: what really yg
1: yeah yeah it's weird yg doesn't get a lot of you know respect to play out here sure i'm like oh yeah everybody loves california love but that song is a million years old there's a lot sure, of good sure, sure. you know what yeah yeah so i think people kind of be trying to play us you want to be like, oh, back being dead yeah absolutely <laughs> i might even smoke on a bigorette. You know, I, even, I don't even do that in real life but why not try it after <laughs> definitely barbecue i would love if it was like a little outside summer get together talk about your favorite moments with me um take some shots i like taking shots here in in the fleshly worldly place i enjoy a little tequila shot
0: tequila shot okay
1: yeah they should you know do that in my honor these tools are for you to use
0: Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. I'm Dave Marr. I host a show. I produce the show. I I do everything but listen to the show. Sometimes I even listen to the show. And I'm a comedian. I live in Chicago. Almost nine years ago, I was in a coma for a month. I woke up to read my own eulogies on Facebook. And now I have this podcast where I talk to cool people about heavy stuff in a light way. My guest this week is Alex Goodwin. Alex is an organizer in Chicago who has done a lot of work on the Stop ShotSpotter campaign. ShotSpotter is surveillance technology that relies on audio clips. It uses sound to help police detect gunshots. It's incredibly ineffective inefficient it is a waste of money and it should not exist and so if you want to learn more about that you can check out the links in the show notes the stop shot spotter twitter and instagram and website also if you are a chicagoan you can sign the stop shot spotter petition so go click on that link unfortunately just for chicagoans but you might be in a city that is that you know, patronizes ShotSpotter. And in that case, there might be a campaign for you to join. So do a little bit of Googling if you'd like. This is an episode that was just such a breeze and so fun. I fucking love Alex. And this is the closest anyone has come to, not even intentionally, without even trying um convincing me that I need to have kids like right away. You know, we've had a lot of parents talk about their experiences with kids, but the way that Alex talks about it is really kind of kind of almost unhinged the way she talks about how easy it is, but it is also just really sweet and I'm excited for you to hear that. I also want to let folks know there's a little bit of abuse talk very very generalized um if you if you heard that content warning that is about as as much as we go into it but she does talk about her relationship with someone who was abusive and moving on from that so just know that also know that we talked about everything everywhere all at once before this conversation started So occasionally she references that. That is why. Also, if you want to hear that part of the conversation where we especially talk about a lot of reality TV, which we both like and have that fandom in common, you can go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr and get the full conversation. You can get full conversations for every episode. You get after shows, you get occasional afterlife movie club episodes and updates. Via text, not text message, but you know, written updates on things like the upcoming live show that I've got at the end of September. I will be like fully announcing that soon, but patrons will especially be in the know. So go there, support the show financially if you can. If not, telling people about it in any way is great. And now sit back and just enjoy this conversation. That I had with Alex. I grab your whip and take it back to shot When I'm in I treat it like Paint your hell. What is a customized hell for Alex Goodwin?
1: Okay. Have you watched The Good Place? Yeah. Okay. That's probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Also. Okay. Yeah. If you can't now, now that you see the vibe, The Good Place, everything else, <laughs> everywhere all at once. Sure,
0: sure, and sure. And so
1: so now I have like an because at first, you know, somebody would ask me this question like a long time ago, whatever, you know, a customized hell would have been like fire and hot, like all of these things. And now mm-hmm. I think that has like really given me another reference for like, oh, actually, there are things I find hellish um, yeah. that are in my everyday life. Um, damn, I don't, that's crazy. I just thought about like how it feels when I go outside, I'm trying to take my kids to school and there's a boot on my car. That is hell.
0: How often does you that know? happen?
1: Okay. Well, it's been a little while. But there okay. was a moment there was a moment in time where it was happening often. Oh. Um and like that is awful. Um you just forget about that-
0: street cleaning or what's the like reason you would T-
1: tickets. <laughs> tickets. Um. I owe the city of Chicago so much money as many of us do. Yeah. Um and I think yeah, that is just like Awful. What's the um, feeling?
0: You see it, and you're just like, are you annoyed, or are you like, do you feel like you're letting your kids down, or something?
1: Yeah. Um, I feel less that I'm like letting my kids down because I think my kids are like, that's my mom. Like they, they <laughs> like okay. I think they know. Like they know that shit with me is not perfect, and like life is life. Like I mean, those things are. I try, I might be frustrated in my head, but I don't let it get to me because I don't want them to grow up being irritated by every inconvenience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I try to display that for them. But inside, my heart is stopped because now I'm like, okay, I have to Uber the kids to school. Do mm-hmm. I have enough money for an Uber? Um, do I have enough money to get the boot off my car today? Right. Do I ha- And then if I pay for the boot today, you know, what am I, you know, like there's all of these money anxieties that come with me Mm -hmm. opening. And I think one of the worst times is, uh, I want to say it was like, it would have been in the winter because I was going to start my car. And uh, I look out my window, I can see my car parked along the curb, cleanly from my window. So I run downstairs, I go to start my car. And on the other side is the boot so i didn't you know i couldn't see the boot from my window right so i didn't see the boot till i ran all the way you know and and Mm. i was like it's this instant moment and you have like fuck um
0: you know sometimes
1: (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i think i put myself in my own little box of chaotic, chaotic hellishness um around procrastination i like yeah. this thing that is like coming up with the boot is because i wasn't paying my tickets like sure. when all i had to do was like call and get a payment you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some you know what's hell going through your mail your mail yeah. mail is awful so what's you the know? thing you're yeah. afraid of in the mail okay. just
0: any bill any ticket any bill
1: yeah i mean that's pretty much like What comes in the mail for me is tickets, bills, Wired, and Jackbin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting subscription. Gotcha. Okay. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. All right. That's a – that is that is not – that's a (laughs) – Wired and Jacobin is not – that's not the two magazines I would – I would be like, oh, this is like a – White guy who works in tech or something
1: yeah you know yeah, I mean? I know, I <laughs> like, know. but obviously not because she has a bunch of tickets <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> right. yeah, um okay, okay, so you don't are is there so there I think I do the same thing, maybe it's not tell me the thing with the chaos and the procrastination because I'm like afraid to just like sit still. I'm like, if mm-hmm. everything were solved. What would I do? I it would just be boring, right? But it's like probably what would happen is some new layer of life would be revealed to me. Is it same the same for you or different?
1: Yeah, that's definitely a little bit of it. I've been talking to my therapist about this nice. slowly. Okay, um, what have you
0: figured out? Did you get any resolutions? Um,
1: no, definitely not resolutions. Um, she, So I can be a little impulsive sometimes which i like to disguise as spontaneity mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah uh i like a little bit of risk i like i like having the option to say yes or no and choosing the yes because i can always go back to the no like I, <laughs> can always,
0: <laughs> I can always change my mind that is a but that's horrible for anyone relying on you to do anything
1: yeah, it is. <laughs> um even conversations on accountability with myself. I'm mm. like, I'm like, who's gonna fight me? Who's gonna argue with me? Me? Nope. I'm gonna like <laughs> take this nap or do this other thing. Yeah. Like okay, but I'm you're still figure- a
0: very like productive, like high achieving person. So clearly yeah, you're okay. not like that. It's far
1: everything. It's all it's the other stuff. I love it's a, I mean, yeah, like, the work that I do, I love that stuff, and I love being a part of it. I don't like checking my mailbox and having to, like, you know, when you get a bill, it's like, oh, okay, now I got to go find the card, and then I got to go online, and I got to, I, yeah. you know, holy moly. Um <laughs> <laughs>
0: Holy moly, well said.
1: Holy moly, yes, you know? Um, (laughs) Why would I want to do all that when I can like, sit here and watch Bluey with 3J, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, go for a walk, or spend my money on something else. Right. For me.
0: Right. Are you bad with delayed gratification? Because the whole idea of like, Mm -hmm. right, poverty being more expensive... Than than not poverty, you know. Obviously, you're spending more money to Uber the kids to school than to get rid of the boot. But that's or or is it because you're just like whatever? I want to spend some money on fucking ice cream right now or whatever.
1: No, I think some of it is that like delayed. Okay, here's another example. When I go on trips, I I'm supposed to go to Jamaica next week. Okay. On Tuesday, I'm going to buy my plane ticket tonight.
0: And it's I, Friday I, before li- you're literally going to buy a plane ticket for f- like 4 days from now.
1: Yeah. When I you know how long I've known about this trip to Jamaica? I'm going to a wedding. I've known about it for a year.
0: That's insane. Dude. That's that's so much money. Yes. Why? Why you just I don't, don't want to do the booking? Yo, it's just, you have these. I will, I got laid off. <laughs> so give me, give me the money you would spend on the more expensive it's, plane ticket and I will book the shit for I you. Know. I'll charge you. I'll, I'll, you only spend, you'll take a cut, 60% of what you would have spent <laughs> on the overage. It's
1: crazy. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so hard for me to pull the trigger on stuff like that. Yeah. Even, I think like, shopping even like shopping for myself i do the whole like okay put it all in my cart and then tomorrow i'm gonna Mm. revisit the cart and cut down what i like and then the next day i'm gonna like revisit again and then i might not even buy any of this
0: right 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 right. i mean i guess it's better than like impulse spending on a lot of shit maybe yeah so is the boot then like metaphorically just all of that like coming home to roost and being like just reminding you of yes. like what feel like failures to you of like you forgot this and this and this and then it just expands throughout your whole life
1: mm-hmm. yeah that seems about right um that feels <laughs> like damn i don't need to go to my therapist anymore we did it we
0: did amazing it. great i love yeah. it
1: it is it's i i think that that's the thing that like probably one of my biggest like tips i'd be having with myself it's like yeah everything else you know like the ki- the needs are provided for everything is taken care of um but for some reason i'm responsible in almost every single way except this one and i don't know what it is
0: which is like the basics of you know what like annoyingly yes. is like adulting
1: yes Yeah. yes
0: What do you hope happens when you die?
1: I'm like, I have so many options now that I've been watching all these alternate reality things. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, I, I hope that I don't know what the sort of like after thing is or feel like, but I do hope that when I die, I feel a love like peace. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. But Like it's in the moment like, of death? Yeah. hmm Okay. Everything is just... I think that there is, like, this sense of stillness that I, like... Yeah, really hope I get in that last moment.
0: Have you had anything close to that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... But I don't, and I think that's what's interesting. I'm glad that you asked that. Cause when I think about it, when I feel it now, I'm like, this is living. And this is like the best version of myself. And maybe that's what it is that like in my final moments, I want to feel like the best version of myself. Um, it feels like there's just this level of relief. Um Yeah. I don't know. Should I tell you a personal story?
0: Yeah, please. If you're willing. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, I think a little bit of like a trigger content warning. Um, I will mention abuse, but not describe. Um, but you know, the person that I have kids with, like it, we were together for eight years. It was abusive in a lot of ways. Um, literally anyway could could think about and uh i remember the night that i finally like kicked him out the house the next morning uh so i had been sorry a little all over the place but for the few months prior to that i had been sleeping in the bunk bed with my son mm. because i could not stand to be obviously like in a shared room or shared space with their dad or whatever, the person I have kids with. Um, and so finally kick him out of the house. And then the following morning I woke up in my son's bunk bed on the bottom, which I hate sleeping in. I love sleeping next to my son, but his bed is so uncomfortable. Oh. And I was willing to do that for months, right. And but I woke up the next morning and I was like, that was the best sleep I've ever gotten. I literally, I just remember being like, oh shit, he's not here. Like, this is all mine again. And it felt like I it was just like relief. And in the months after that, I really learned, you know, I think, you know, people say like, oh, protect your peace, protect your peace. Like, I actually know what that shit means now. Cause like, now I'm like, oh. This is what peace feels like. I will never go back to anything anything else other than this. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I definitely have felt that in life. And that feeling of stillness and groundedness and just, like, firm, like, peace. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And you hope it feels that way. But but not just about this one, like, relationship or family situation. About your whole life. My whole life. At the end. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Did you grow up with, like, any ideas about, like, were you raised, like, with any religious stuff?
1: No, I wasn't. Um, we were not raised in the church. I think my understanding is that my parents went to church when they were younger. But, like, mm-hmm. me and my brother um, and my sister, we were, like, not raised in the church. But – um, around the time that I turned, like I think this would have been I was like twenty five. I mean, I think once I had harmony ten years ago, that was like a moment of like I don't know, there was a lot of like damn, is this what it feels like to find God like what really? is this? yeah, oh yeah, it was like there was some like real spiritual shit happening like after why? I had my daughter. Um, there is, I mean, I think the love that I have experienced between me and my kids is something that, um, I literally cannot put into words. So it has to be something bigger Mm. than, than me. It has to be something unexplained, you know, like, and I think that, well, it doesn't have to be, I believe it to be. Um, but I just remember so like the first couple of weeks when I had Harmony she I mean she's just this little itty bitty thing I was 22 I was still in college and I was like what the fuck am I gonna do what am I gonna do like literally what I have no idea and um you know my mom came to help me for like six weeks which was really helpful but at the same time I was like I have to learn how to do this on my own. My mom's not going to be here forever. I got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first couple of weeks um, when I was breastfeeding, Harmony wouldn't latch on and she would just be so hungry. Mm-hmm. And I would be so frustrated. It would be the middle mm-hmm. of the night and I couldn't get her to like eat. I comfortably like it was just off. And then one night we both woke up cause she was hungry and I tried again and she just did it. Wow, And the feeling, that feeling, like, it was so weird. But instantly, in my mind, I literally said, like, oh, we're locked in for life. Like, I just knew in that moment. And honestly, like, you know, Harmony is my broke best friend. My little, like, broke best friend. And I think so much.
0: Do you say your little it- broke best friend?
1: Yes. <laughs> that's my best friend she has no money and she's little
0: yeah (laughs) Um, hey (laughs) that's real
1: I love her and but so much of like learning about love and feeling and experiencing love between my kids has been like a spiritual experience and I think that you know I went through a lot of like shit you know and with their dad that had me being like how am I going to get out of this? Um, and I just tried to like stay patient. Um, his family is like very religious um, mm. in the church. And I lived with them for my first three years, three or four years moving out here. Okay. And so. So
0: you're you're I not from Chicago? Now.
1: I'm from California.
0: Mm, okay. Where in California?
1: So I came out. Uh, Southern California. It's a very, it's a suburb called Temecula.
0: Okay. I've heard of it.
1: White. Yeah. That's yeah. people are like, I've heard of it. There's more. There's, a, there's there. a canyon,
0: right? <laughs> Temecula yeah. Canyon. Yeah. Is that a thing?
1: I, th- I think you're thinking of Temescal Canyon. Maybe.
0: Maybe. Okay.
1: Okay. But they're in the same area.
0: <laughs> sure. Regionally. It's a tem. Regionally. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Similar.
0: Okay. Where And where'd um, you go to college?
1: San Jose State.
0: In the okay. Bay Area. Okay, and then...
1: And that's where I met him.
0: Gotcha. And his family was from here.
1: His family's from Champaign. hmm
0: Word. Okay, okay, gotcha. So gotcha.
1: I moved out here and stayed with them. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you guys, you know, it, they, it was never, like, pressure, like, you have to come to church with us. But they would be like, do you want to go to church with us? Mm. And I was like, sure, I'll go. But, and honestly, church has never been, like, a comfortable, like, being in a church, going to a church session has never been... Like a really comfortable space yeah. for me. And it wasn't even then. Um, so but I did, you know, I was like hearing things, and I was like, okay, maybe I will read the Bible. <laughs> like maybe I'll okay. read this on my own, you know, and, and start did
0: it. Did it hit for
1: you? Yeah, <laughs> it did. did it hit. They spin, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, no, you know, uh some there's some stuff where I'd be like, hmm. But, um, and I'm not even still like not, uh, I can't tell you everything about the Bible. I still am like, oh, if you okay. want me to t- turn to what page and what chapter? I don't know what the order is. I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: totally, totally.
1: But I do, I think that there is like, I've learned a lot about what it means to be like grounded in something and like faithful to something, um, and embody. Some of those things, you know, they talk about love being like peace, joy, kindness, patience. Right. Whether you believe in God or not, we should all be like, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. like a core thing that we should be walking with um, and embodying that to the best of our ability, in my opinion. And I think, yeah, um, I just have been trying to deepen my relationship with the God that I'm like learning about and understanding.
0: Okay. Okay. Is there a space like the people who feel like church is for them? Is there a space like that for you? Mm. Um,
1: I don't know yet. I haven't found it. Yeah. I I like the personal, um, and like I like how private it is for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning, I read my little verse of the day in the Bible app, and I kind of just lay in bed, and I pray, and I meditate, and I get to, like, have this quiet conversation with God and, the like, the universe. Like, you yeah. just get to, you know, like, I get to connect with something bigger by myself for a little bit, yeah. um, which is really nice. I don't know.
0: Totally. So, do you yeah. have a connection to the idea of your consciousness continuing after you die, like does it either way, whether there whether there is something or there's not something? Does either version freak you out or excite you or scare you or do you have any attachment? There's some people who are like, yeah. I don't care either way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sometimes if I think too much about it, it does scare me to think about like the clock stopping, like right. the last moment. Um, right. sometimes, no lie. Okay. I'm like, sorry if I'm gonna freak people out, but if they're listening to this podcast, they've yeah. probably been freaked out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: I think like sometimes, you know, I pray before I go to sleep. Um, mm. and uh, I feel like sometimes I get these moments where I'm like, what if I don't wake up in the morning? Mm-hmm. Because that happens. Um, And then, you know, all of the things go through my head where I'm like, what are Harmony and 3J gonna do if I don't wake up in the morning to shit? Like, that is the stuff that just like, even right now, I'm like, oh my God, I'm.
0: I know. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But
1: but I then I gotta like, deep breath, take a step back and be like, you know, whatever is supposed to be, will be. And if that, you know, that would be awful. I love life and I love being here. And I love the fact that every day is like another chance to like enjoy life and be a better version of myself. And I am surrounded by me and my kids are surrounded by love and support and community. Yeah. And I say all the time, like people love my kids the way I love them to an extent. Obviously, I think there's still some. but. um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Other people's kids are annoying. I don't think my kids are annoying. So yeah, <laughs> people... of course.
0: Yeah, you have the one. You have you're the only ones who are like good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Literally perfect. Right. right. So <laughs> uh, so then I'm like, okay, I'm not worried about them. And you know, God's plan is not for me to like spend all my time worrying about. The world doesn't stop just because my clock stopped. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. you know, so it does freak me out a little bit. And I gotta be like, just go to sleep. (laughs) See you in the morning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Would you like it if you were aware after you died?
1: Yeah, I think so. That's because I'm a little bit of a control freak. I'm a little nosy. I want to know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. What would you do?
0: What, what, what are your like, I, I, this feels like a almost like a ghost situation.
1: Yeah. Who am I going to haunt? (laughs) Who are you going to
0: haunt? Where are you going to haunt? What are you Mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. hovering around the kids the whole, the whole rest of their lives?
1: Probably. I might be a little bit of a helicopter mom, even as a ghost. I mean, I'm not a helicopter mom now, but I do, you know, check on them. Um, Check on my parents. Check on my friends. Um, I have one friend in particular. Um, a couple friends in particular, but one that I'm thinking of, this kind of stuff, it doesn't scare her, but she's like, eh, I'm mm. not so mm. And I'd be trying to tell her, like, it's okay, you know, like <laughs> don't be so, don't be, you know. Um, and so I would probably visit her okay in a way that's like not scary.
0: Um yeah.
1: So I can finally be like, see. I told you it wasn't scary. Yeah, I told you it wasn't
0: scary. Next thing I want to do is ask you to relive one memory. This is based on the show, the one-man show this podcast grew out of that was set in the afterlife. I told people you get to fully relive one memory Almost as if there's a room you can go into and out of whenever you want. You have to choose one. What memory do you choose? Yeah.
1: Mm, this is really hard. When you said that, I got, I just see flashes of like Harmony and 3J like smiling in my brain. And I'm okay. like, how do I choose one of those? I can't, but I know that like if I were to relive anything, it would be with one or both of them. Um,
0: Well, what's the thing that do you have a memory of what, what is it? Is it literally just seeing them smile or is it the experience of like, Oh, we were all doing this thing and I remembered it. it, The end result was that they had this smile.
1: I think it's just seeing, it's just their smiles. Like, I don't know how else, uh, we, I also romanticize everything. Okay. So everything is a moment.
0: Sure. <laughs> Love it. Love I it. Mean,
1: Okay. Uh, the two things that like stick out to me from this week is harmony got an expander in her mouth. Cause she's, we're like going through the process to get her ready for braces. The first thing oh, is an expander.
0: Okay.
1: And, uh, after she got her expander, she came with me to a coffee shop so I could work, and she was just like sitting there drawing and like slurping all her saliva up and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being uncomfortable and <laughs> all of those things. Being I was broke. like, "This is yeah, being broke, <laughs> mom. Can you buy me a sandwich?" Yeah, yes, girl. <laughs> um, you like that? But I see her smile in my mind from when we were, like. Sitting at the table chilling. And it was just, like, a perfect mo- moment. Like, I don't... Even those moments are so perfect. And this morning, 3J, on his way to school, I was, like, driving. And I... he do, He's doing this thing right now. He's being a little, like... I don't know if it's, like, contrarian or, like, antagonistic. But he thinks it's, like, funny to, like, withhold love. <laughs> so, I'm, oh, like... cool. 3J, Good. Like, <laughs> word. <laughs> Like he does not, some people make kisses.
0: a whole personality out of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to nip it in the bud. But <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah,
1: I don't know. I think this, we might be stuck. He does not give kisses. Uh, okay, he and he does it because it's funny,
0: right? And he right.
1: it's funny to watch me squirm right. that I want a kiss and a hug so bad, and he God. refuses to give it to me. So this morning, I'm driving and I was like, I love you, buddy. And he was just looking out the window. And I'm like, oh, maybe he didn't hear me. And I'm like, I love you, buddy. And then he turns and looks and he's smiling. He's like smirking. And I was like, bro, do you want me to throw you over my shoulder when we get out the car? And now he's giggling. And so I take him out of the car and I throw him over my shoulder. And he's just giggling so much, kicking his little feet. And he's like, will you show them in my class that you did this? I was like... (laughs) <laughs> okay. It just means, I'm like, how do I choose to relive any one memory when every moment? Oh my God, it's going to sound so corny. No, but, go for it.
0: Go, 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 go.
1: Oh, man. I mean, literally every moment I spend with the kids is like, so even when they are screaming and I'm frustrated and everybody's tired or hungry or just eh, like on the edge, I can always manage to take a step back and be like, I'm so blessed I get to do this with them. I don't want to do this to anybody else. This is perfect.
0: Damn. I'm like, <laughs> I, I've had a lot of people talk about their kids and I haven't, it's been a long time since I've wanted kids more than I do right in this moment. No! hearing you talk about this right now.
1: I, it's it, easier well, than people make it seem.
0: Okay, don't tell me that either. I do not okay, need to know. Okay, I mean.
1: It's true. It's
0: am I'm, I'm as broke as your kids, so I don't need someone broker than me oh, in no. this moment. Oh. <laughs> but I, I love that the moment with 3J was like, came from a, I, I imagine the smile you like is not the smirk of like haha this kind of almost cruel like I'm withholding love from you smirk. It's the smile when he's giggling. hmm And after and, and it's so amazing that you could like push through that and that you have the power to be like, oh, you're like juking me one way, but you can't get past me. Like I've got no. your number on this, you know, yeah, exactly. Is, like, is really yeah, that's that's beautiful. I love that.
1: You want to hear okay. I gotta tell you this other really cute thing about 3J. Well, Please, I think yeah. it's cute. So this dude and also I don't know, I think I love life so much right now because I know Harmony and 3J love life so much right now. It's I mean they get to be 10 and 5 and they have somebody who does like everything's I try to make things honestly as easy as I can for them. Um that's awesome. Because I yeah, so 3J, uh, uh, I put him to bed in his bed and pretty much every single night he wakes up and comes and gets in my bed. So I wake up next to him in the morning, which, oh my God, it's amazing. So 3J, we could, it doesn't matter what time he wakes up. It could be 5.45, it could be 6.30, it could be 8.30, 9 a.m. He wakes up with literally the most like, he wakes up with a smile on his face. He wakes up playing. I, and I just, and I realized maybe a couple weeks ago, like, oh, he wakes up every day like this. And the smile is like, what are we about to get into? Like, yes. I'm about to get into- the little it. mischievous I, smile. Yes. yes, he will lay next to me. And if he wakes up before me, or even when I try to wake him up, he'll try to keep his eyes closed, but he'll start like hitting me. With his eyes closed and just start smirking. I'm like, imagine we wake up, I don't know how you wake up. As an adult, I'm like, oh my fucking god, I'm so tired, I just want to snooze. Right. But as soon as 3J's up, he's like, oh yeah, we about to fuck some shit up today. (laughs) Let's go. And I love that. I'm like, yo, I've created an environment that he's excited to wake up into. That shit feels so good.
0: Yeah, I mean that's like not just a However inborn that is to him, that's a mm-hmm. huge fucking compliment to you that, like, that's, like, massive work that you're doing, whether it feels like work or not, that, like, yeah, he wakes up and is, like, let's fucking go.
1: Yeah, and I think pe- people are probably going to be like, no, I'm like, no, dead ass, he wakes up like that every single day. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's amazing. I love
1: it. I love it.
0: I mean, I just, like, it's it's rare that, pe- like... That you were like, "Here are the two moments from this week, you know frequently yeah. with this question, it's like it's like, oh well the the and and I'm not like I'm not saying this in a mm-hmm. critical way. This is the way I answer yeah. the question too is like, oh, you know, I worked up towards I'll just use my own examples like I worked up towards going to the Edinburgh fringe festival and or like, oh, when I studied abroad in Rome, you know what I mean these like when I was mm-hmm. in college and blah blah blah, and you're like, well, so." I'm so spoiled for choice that I have two moments from this week, <laughs> including one from today. So I'm basically in heaven right now. What do you? I, how do you feel I don't, about
1: that? I, don't, I mean, that's <laughs> literally it.
0: <laughs> My last big question is, what's your coma? And mm-hmm. you know that I was in a coma for a month and it, you know, changed some things. But it doesn't have to be crazy dramatic like that it can be super mundane just anything where you look back and you're like before I was one version of myself and after I was another
1: yeah definitely in a lot of ways I mean obviously not to like there's compare whatever but the relationship I was in for eight years with the kid's dad Mm -hmm. was like during the most, you know, your 20s are supposed to be, like, whatever. Um, and I didn't have any. I had one little baby and then another one towards my late twenty. It, that whole 22 to, like, almost 30. Um, I, like, kicked him out right before I turned 30. Um, I would definitely say I am not the same person that I was, you know, before that or during that, that changed everything. And I learned so much about myself, obviously. I learned about dealing with other people's bullshit and like how I'm just never gonna do that again. (laughs) I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's yeah, it was like a really um, discerning, like a chance that like, it was an experience that really like sharpened my discernment around like, oh, that's your shit, not mine. And, like, being able to, like, come out of that a more, like, grounded, firm, headstrong, I was a little anxious, a little depressed, overthinking a lot of things, but, like, eventually, you know, that shit, you know, I was able to work and manage and cope with that stuff, and, yeah, that was definitely, I would describe that as my coma.
0: So, when you said earlier that having kids is not as hard as everyone says it is, Mm -hmm. is that something you felt even during that time? Yeah. Really? You always were like, this is not as hard as really. I mean, it was emotionally difficult to, I'm
1: like, I don't, I think it was emotionally difficult to like co parent with. This person that was not a nice person, right. um, that made the parenting stuff hard. But also, like, when Harmony was a baby, ever since Harmony was a baby, she was like coming with me to class, coming with me to work, coming with me to organizing meetings. Like Harmony, just we did everything to get in, together. Um, and I don't know, she was just like my little. I don't know. It wasn't sure. It creates other layers of like. Well, I need to pack a diaper bag and have all of these snacks, and I'm on a different type of schedule, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But like, I could either be frustrated and annoyed and, you know, sit in how hard this new thing is for my life, or I can figure out how to make it work for both of us. Because, like, I don't know, I just, like, why would I want to? Why would I want to do anything else? Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but and I, it, it sounds like
0: the co-parenting. It sounds like the relationship was the more difficult thing, yes. and it almost makes the parenting seem easier. And now the absence of that relationship, just making everything sing.
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like I make all the rules. Not, and it's not even a lot right. of rules. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs>
0: So then, so give me your, because it sounds like we've not only got, uh, you know, if my coma was a month, but I'm really looking at kind of a before and after situation. It's not like a, for me at least, mentally a lot was happening in that coma. I was pretty, you know, Mm -hmm. comatose. But for you, this is like an eight-year period, and it sounds like there's a different you Not only before and after, but during. So take me through, like, who you are. How would you, like, kind of describe those three people?
1: Mm. Well, before, I had a little more of a, like, I kind of don't give a fuck and I'm going to do what I want attitude about things. This is is the, like, risk and impulse and spontaneity um which led to me having a child at 22 <laughs> <laughs> so you know I love a little chaos so I'm like hmm. <laughs> sprinkle that in the mix sure, um sure but and I think like well so then during that relationship I lost a lot Well, it's hard to know what I lost and what I gained. It's hard to know what was like nature versus nurture because Mm -hmm. I was in in an abusive relationship. I don't have no idea, obviously, like who I would be if that was not if that wasn't the relationship I was in for as long as I was in it. And I think like I had really serious postpartum after harmony. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was, I mean, again, 22. I'm in school and everybody's looking at me like it was you know this relationship is not working I, i'm broke everything was hard and so i had really 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 deep postpartum and just depression in general for a few years after that and depression just felt like this like weighted blanket this like big gray blanket that i just like couldn't take off and i was just mm-hmm. like why am i sad all the time um and I kind of, I was like, my again, my discernment was not very sharp. It was a lot of like anxiety and overthinking. And like, he's telling me one thing, and he's doing another. And now I'm like, I don't know what to believe. Like, it was a lot of that. And a lot of me just being like, who am I? I don't even want to go outside. Like, I don't want to go, you know, like, I also went through a little bit of like, well, none of my friends have kids. So nobody can really like, nobody understands me. Nobody understands my lifestyle. Nobody, like I went through a lot of that, Mm -hmm. which was my shit, a lot of projection, a lot of insecurity and anxiety and a lot of isolation that was built up because of this relationship that I was in. And then after, um, I, you know, (laughs) The breakup started in my head much longer before the breakup of actually like, making it happen. Well, clearly by
0: sleeping in the other, in the bunk bed. For months, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And so during that time, with the breakup happening in my head, I kind of started to, like, gain a little more footing and be like, wait a second. I pay all the bills. Wait a second. I do all of this stuff um he has a job where he's like not here during most of the year Mm. so i'm holding down every and he used to be yeah whatever um he just used to be like hold it down hold it down i'm like bro i am holding it down so like and and i had to like be like wait a second i am actually holding it down you are the issue. It's not me. And once I started gaining more of that, like confidence and started getting a little snappy, (laughs) started speaking up for myself and advocating for myself. And that's when started going, you know, even more South. And so by the time he was like out the house, uh, I was like, oh shit, I get to figure out who I am. I was excited to Mm -hmm. like, get to sit and be myself. And I just started to tell myself, like, I think the thing that I learned from him and that relationship was the people who love you are going to stay around because they love you. And they're going to, even through all your sort of like flaws and disagreements, it's even then it's not going to be hard. Like it shouldn't be hard. If they love you, they're going to work with you through those things. And so, you know, I learned that with him. I was like, "Oh wait, if you hate all these things about me, leave. <laughs> actually, you should probably sure. leave. You know, sure. And it was hard all of the time, and I was like, "I don't think this is not love when there are people who do love me through all of our disagreements and and challenges and flaws and things, and I think like learning that has been really grounding for helping me figure out who I am after my eight-year coma
0: yeah that was a lot sorry (laughs) what don't be sorry the the show's a lot the shows that's the that's the point what Mm -hmm. so figuring out who you are which is who
1: um it's like now look see i have a smile on my face i'm like so excited to Mm -hmm. have some idea and still probably be wrong (laughs) like it's okay um but i am like I think of myself as, like, bright and fun and ambitious and responsible. I'm, like, a really good mom. I'm a really good cook. Um, I love reality TV. I love being outside. I really like beer. I'm learning that I like beer. Okay. I like...
0: Not just tequila like, shots.
1: No, no. I like a beer and a tequila
0: <laughs> shot. okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: Um, but also I'm a little bit of like a beer weenie and that I can only drink like lagers. Like I like the lightest beer possible. I cannot drink all that like hoppy ass IPA crafty shit. Like I'm a beer
0: weenie because, uh, I'm an alcoholic. So I would destroy my life. I
1: I get that. I get that. Oh oh my god. Word makes sense. (laughs) I don't know why um, I call you a weenie though.
0: I like I like this because it's 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 I mean to be honest, like I was really you when I when I hit you up about doing the show, you like multiple times said, I'm excited. And I was like, it that felt really good. I was like, cool. I'm, ex- I'm excited too, yeah. you know, and, and, and in a way where it was like other people, people say that when in the process of booking sometimes, but I don't know, it was like, I think you like went out of your way to maybe it was I, that you were uh-huh. a little bit were like, wait, are you sure you want to talk to me for the show? I was like well, don't back out of it now. Like what either I said, yes, you know, and then, but you were, you express like real excitement. And I think that was contagious. And I think this thing that you're, you know, talking about, I I'm discovering I like beer. I like reality TV. I'm a good cook. Like these are not necessarily like core values but to Mm -hmm. me the core value seems to be a curiosity to meet it's not surprising that 3j wakes up with a mischievous smile (laughs) because that's how you're feeling like about your own life and what's ahead you know damn damn right
1: yes yeah i love life right now like i which is honestly fucking
0: refreshing considering the work that you do and the world that exists to be like oh yeah i'm like trying to stop this like horrible fucking racist <laughs> surveillance technology in the year 2023 when when smoke from fucking canadian fires and all this other shit is happening uh but i love life right now is like yeah that's that's really I think that is a real fucking service to be that kind of excitement. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, what? We're just going to see a bunch of like sad, haggard organizers just being like, yeah, life's hard. And that's why we have to keep doing this.
1: Fuck no. Like, we have to do this. Yeah, we absolutely have to do this out of love. I've been told that I'm maybe like a little like, toxically positive or whatever but sure, i'm like sure. bro there are moments where i thought i was going to die like i'm glad i'm here you know yeah. like mm-hmm. so sorry but i'm going to look for the silver lining every chance i get cuz like i don't know i don't really have the energy i'm i'm exhausted already i'm tired yes i want to be t- tired and sad all the time <laughs> like yes. i want to be tired and like kind of happy <laughs> you know
0: That's the show. Thank you for listening. Check out the links to the Stop Shot Spotter campaign in the show notes, their website, their socials. If you're in Chicago, sign that petition. If you're not, have a look around for a Stop Shot Spotter campaign in your area. And go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr to get more content from the podcast. And until next week, remember, you are a mist.
1: Miracles You can do them Have faith You're human Only human And human beings they do Miracles